For a while there, the Lions looked like mauling the Reese Ruddock All-Stars, but instead they ended up getting tamed. It's time to start harping on rugby. Harpin on Rugby. My name is Jeff Pagano, and once again, I've been joined by my fellow fans to harp on what's going on with Leinster, Ireland, and the wider rugby world. My first guest contributor today is someone making his 25th appearance. Welcome back to Mr. Richmond Sood. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Joe. Good to be back. Good to have you both. And also with us is someone returning to our pods after a long absence. It's great to have him back. He runs his own online entity known as the Three Bod Rugby Group. Welcome back for your eighth cap to Mr. Joe Shepherd. Hi, guys. Great to be back, and thanks for the opportunity again. No problem. Great. Good to see you both. Right, gents, before we get to our main topic of discussion, we're going to a feature we call the Front Five, where we pick out five eye-catching, egg-chasing articles from around the rugosphere. So we can offer a few quick thoughts. We're going to start with yourself, Rich. And uh, this comes from The Telegraph. Uh, don't often go to them. This is by Fiona Thomas. And uh, the, um, the headline reads, Irish rugby likened to old boys club with sexism commonplace. Yeah. You know, this, this article, I mean... I, my blood pressure was a bit low this morning uh, until I read this thing uh, and it went way up. Um, it, you know, it's, it's sadly, it's the story that keeps on giving. Um, it, it's just, honestly, I, 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 I struggle. I struggle to find words to describe this horror show because it really is a horror show. Um, I mean, quite apart from, from the fact that, you know the the girls are clearly being marginalised and being treated like like uh, like rubbish. I mean, quite apart from all that, the question I ask myself is why? What's the difference? And the difference is very simple. It's because they are women, and clearly they don't matter. Uh, at least in in certain quarters within the IRFU, that seems to be um, the point of view. Um, I, I well, I've, I've I've never subscribed to that to that notion. Um, I've always been very big on inclusivity, um, and you know th- this this marginalisation, this treating with with absolute disrespect, um, the lack of inclusivity, uh, you know the um, the bit of a window dressing which is so clear to to be seen for what it really is, in order to pretend that you know that they're paying lip service uh to what they're supposed to be doing i mean w- what are they trying to achieve are you know are they, are they trying to stop the 21st century carrying on uh, on its course um are they trying to go back to the to the early part of the 20th century i really don't know what exactly is in is in the mindset and what i think needs to happen is that there needs to be a root and branch uh in, you know, inspection, assessment of of how they conduct their business, because because clearly, I, I mean, it's they know how to do their business because otherwise, you know, Ireland wouldn't be number one in the world. And that's down to obviously coaches and players and everything else, but also all the infrastructure behind it all. Yet when it comes to women. You know, we, we've seen the results in this last Six Nations and indeed uh, in, in their not so uh, distant past. And, you know, they can clearly get it right when they want to. So this stinks of bloody mindedness and a lack of uh, interest in, in, in doing what, what is actually the right thing to do. And, and that is to expand the game and expand the game to the women's game. And, you know, that, and the proof of the pudding is in the eating. You look at the other, the other sides in the Six Nations, they though those that are professionalized they're streets ahead streets ahead i mean do you really want to embarrass these poor girls uh, you know and throwing them like you know like like uh, little lambs to the cauldron i mean come on you know grow grow up basically is is is, is what i'm saying yeah, and uh, quotes like what, what what apparently allegedly came from a, a, a senior person in Irish rugby, um, they certainly don't help. And the fact that, I mean, just the way that they've separated the, the, the two uh, six stations on the calendar now, and what's happened this year is 
we won't get a starker uh, example or demonstration of the gap between the men's and the women's. When you look at the results, the women's are getting now and yeah. the men's and it's nothing, you know, it's not that we don't have good athletes, uh, women athletes that are coming through. We don't have the ability to, to bring them to that level. You just, you cannot compare the two groups of players given how they've progressed to that test level and uh, the, the, the support they've had uh, from, from when they started rugby to, to this level. And I think the answer is, um, well, there, there, there's many answers and I can't give many answers, but w- the one thing is, is that there's a lot of things being said of like, oh, why are they, they're, they're coming out and complaining and they're coming out and why they shouldn't be going public with it. They, they should be keeping it in house and doing it in house. I think the point is they have been doing it in house. Mm-hmm. They have been trying to go through the right way over the years, but it just, they, they haven't been listened to and, and they've been given, given crumbs or whatever each time. And even just to have some kind of evidence that they were listening to, it wouldn't have gotten this far. So um, the, the, the only way forward, the only way forward is to just give some kind of evidence that they're being listened to behind the scenes. And then it will all take place uh, out of, out of the media spotlight. And hopefully the results will improve as they go. It's just, it's, it's, it, it seems, seems easy, but th- there seems to be the sort of barrier somewhere that they call it a glass ceiling, if you will, mm-hmm. that they just can't get through that. They, that they just can't seem to break through. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're going to move on to our second article now. And it's over to yourself, Joe, and your article comes from um, the Leinster Rugby website. It's Marcus Obukla, and the headline reads, uh, Jack Niedenaber to join Leinster Rugby. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, was, um, I was pretty gobsmacked, although this week Leo had been bigging up how much he loved South African rugby when he was down there. It was a bit like the time that Joe Schmidt was rolled out onto the TV prior to, to uh, getting announced. It's all a feeder thing, but it's really good. We know... Uh, what what Leo's views are anyway, and uh, the, the the train keeps rolling on. There's people like, oh well, the jury's out, and no, it's not out. Look at what Nienaber does. For me, Lens is brilliant. Bringing in the coaches, bringing in the players, bringing in the staff across. They pick the right people for the right reason. Michael Checker never had a full time, you know, head coach role before he came. Look what he did. Joe Schmidt. Look at what he came from and what he did as well. Leo Cullen, I remember back in the day, everybody saying about, oh, no, he's just he's just finished as a player, blah, blah, blah. Look, <clears throat> people are identified for the right reason at the right time. Me and Arvis, since 97, has been working with Razzie since we were at university together. Uh, 2008 to 2015, uh, when he was with the Stormers, they had the best defensive record in the whole of Super Rugby. Absolutely superb. He's coming in as a defensive coach. He's a trained physiotherapist. That's what he started doing. He's a trained strength and conditioning coach. Listen, all of those things. It's like Leinster. If anybody hasn't seen it on a slightly different tack, Leo's post-match interview <coughs> yesterday um, against the, from, from the Lions, where he talks about, and that sums up for me, the whole Leinster, Leinster ethos. The, the, the guy who's the, I can't remember his name, top of my head, forgive me, who's the head analysis, um, there also does a high level of coaching as well. Because all of them, they all fit in and they all overlap. There's not, there's nothing stovepipe. So when you pick somebody, you know, Jack Nienaba, he, he's got a proven track record as far as I'm concerned. Munster, okay, what didn't work at Munster? Him and Razzie, they're both well coaches. So what didn't work at Munster is probably a little bit more than there's some of the parts of the head coach and the director of rugby there at the time. So what happens then? Um, he comes in and he will be, uh, he's not a Stuart Lancaster. But he's a different person. He will bring a different thing to 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 the game, to the Leinster setup, the whole strategy, and I think that's an absolutely fantastic choice. And it's just another of those rolling things that Leinster do, bringing in the right people at the right time. Same as Rob McBride. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, there was never going. It was never going to be a direct replacement for no. Stu Lancaster. It was, um, he came in as a senior coach. It was a special kind of appointment. Um, he wasn't going to be a unit coach. He was kind of a. He was. It was a special level for him. And uh, we all saw the work, the great work he did. And uh, whoever came in, like you say, is a different person, different personality. He's going to have specialty, specialties in different areas, but it's still going to fit. And of course, we, you know, with South African teams in Europe now, and I'd say, I'd say they're all gearing up now to have an extra tilt at both competitions uh, next season. Um, it'd definitely be handy having a South African uh, in the ranks. And, you know, it'd be definitely interesting to see, see how he fits in. And just one last thing, when you were, I know you're a prop, uh, Joe, um, but uh, when you were listing off the Leinster coaches, the way you sidestepped the name Matt O'Connor, I thought was brilliant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was really well done. You went right, right clean around it. It was perfect. <laughs> 
I was genuinely hoping you weren't going to notice. <laughs> okay, listen, we're going to move on now, Joe. Thanks for that. We're going to move on now. Rich, this is our third article, and uh, we're going to the Belfast newsletter. We're going to this week's actions from, from the other provinces. Uh, this is by uh, Kieran Donaghy, and the headline is Ulster Increased Strain on Stormers by Knocking Down Dragons. And isn't that brilliant? Um, and I think the general point to be made is how awesome it is to have the four provinces in the top six, uh, at, at least at the moment. Um, yeah, imp- impressive uh, performance from uh, from Ulster. I think uh, it needs to be said that the um, I think the result, the final result, may uh, flatter them somewhat, but certainly well worth the uh, well worth the uh, the match points. Um, what about Tom Steele? Eh? Awesome. Not only does he get two um, two tries going over from what you would s- suggest is his bread and butter, but then he appears on the wing. He's trying to do a Dan Sheehan, isn't he? Um, and, and what a brilliant try that was. So yeah, well well deserved win for um, uh, for Ulster. Um, I really liked the you know the the, the impetus that they that they were generating. Uh, going forwards, um, certainly Stockdale uh, slowly but surely increasing his 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 output, and you know uh, a fit against Stockdale is a good thing, uh, and I appreciate that we have James Lowe, and you know I'm, t- I'm talking about wearing my green hat now, uh, but it's always a good thing because at the very least he keeps the pressure up and the competition up. So yeah, I was uh, I was really. Uh, really impressed by that, um, and as I say, um, but but I must say that the, the the one moment there was that offload by Basham off the floor. I I, I know that was for the but uh, for the Dragons, but bloody hell, that was that was that was really really good. Um, so yeah, very good, very good result. Uh, the best thing, of course, is it it um, it makes the best league in the world even better because it makes it tight at the top. Um, you know, I appreciate that we are already uh, qualified as as top uh, top seeds, but we saw yesterday, and I, I, I'm not going to digress. Uh, but we saw yesterday with the Stormers how um, you know they're faltering a wee bit. Yeah, well, let's talk about the Stormers for a bit. We'll move on to our fourth article. And uh, it's back to yourself, Joe. This is from the Irish Examiner, and it's by Craig Ray. And the headline is, A Huge Win as Munster and Stormers Two-Year Home Streak in Cape Town. Yeah, absolutely brilliant game. I thoroughly enjoyed this one. Um, I'd uh, sent a message to uh, Kitsoff before, uh, just saying, look, you know, sort of good luck and everything, because I, I didn't think Munster would genuinely do it uh, on the road. I wanted them to, because I think it was good for Irish rugby. I think Munster needed that pick-off. First time they've uh, Storm's been beat, as you say, since 2021. Um, four great tries, I thought, for uh, Monster to in, in, the, in the last quarter there. Um, one of the big things that went awry was uh, a lot of ill discipline, set piece falling apart. Four um, of the uh, Stormers' line outs went awry. I think that's why um, uh, Oka Joseph Dweber really sort of lost his way a little bit, only getting four or five, I think it was, uh, Springboks caps. You know, he'd bit erratic, and that was there yesterday. Helped on the way, though, by, I have to say, by one of my favourite players. And great to see him really back to full form, almost, R.G. Steinman and Jean Klein. They both really um, interfered with uh, the, the line-up set piece um, of the Stormers uh, in, in a great way. On top of that, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, you had good old Pom, as ever, Peter Romani, uh, doing his thing. I thought the um, name escapes me now, but the Stormers number five was very lucky uh, to stay on for when he put his hand on his face. But he was very lucky to get knocked, not get knocked out by Pom for a start, um, but that was clear, and he did it a second time uh, as well. So, but mm. Pom was leading from the front. They went out though in that first kickoff. They went out with intent because they they got the turnover from the kickoff. Uh, they got the, uh, the penalty, and instead of taking three points, where you would normally expect for a bit of a leveler, especially when the teams are on the road, um, they uh, they went straight for the for, for 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 the corner and the line out, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and then it came on from there. The first try came from there, so very very good. I thought it was a well worked uh, game <clears throat> of game management uh, for them being out there. They were very good for their victory and showed um, elements that they've got. Hi, highlight was uh, highlight though on the commentary for me 
was um, around about 15, 16 minutes with uh, Quinlan. Uh, Quinny said, uh, and the ball was looking for ages. There was no scrum off. And he said, and, uh, and, and here's Murray now. He gets to it eventually. And I thought, that's your own man. That's your own man saying that. <laughs> and I've been saying, you know, people have been like, oh, Jesus, would you leave Ickle, Ickle Connor and Murray alone? He, not as he was. So, but really good for the win, I thought. And, and the storm, as you write. It's almost really sort of fighting with Storms Western Province fighting on three fronts. It's the Curry Cup bit as well. They've got the league and then they've got, and I think it's a step up. Um, and um, I'm wondering, I'm hoping to try and get a chat with Kitsy because I'm wondering how they're managing that. They will get better. And certainly they feel more comfortable at home, I think, with South African teams. Um, <clears throat> but they they are struggling in this first season to, to match against all, all things. And I think there's a bit of reality check there. Good at home, but on the road. And I don't think it's the travelling. I think it's just the capacity of having to play two, you know, the the if you like, the major franchises having to play on two fronts. And that's taking a lot from them. And I think it's something that John Dobson will look at. And in fact, all the South Africans will. Um, they they need more support and more elements going in. But um, yeah, but great game and uh, fair play to a monster. Great win. Okay, we'll go to the fifth and final article now. Match yourself, Rich. And this is from the42.ie and it's by John Fallon. And the headline is, Can it give departing figures the perfect home send-off with bonus point win? And the smile I've got on my face is, what a lovely story this is. Um, I mean, it's sad to see all these guys leaving um, after so many years of service to, to Connacht. Um, but what a what a lovely story! Uh, what a lovely way to end the home campaign, at least. Um, it's just one way traffic, wasn't it? Uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, really one way traffic. They they you know Andy Friend wanted them to start um, quickly, uh, you know, land running, and boy did they land running! Uh, you know, bonus point uh, resolved by half time. Uh, was it 26-9 at halftime, 26-5 even uh, at halftime? And it was just a question of game management after that in the second half. Um, but, um, you know, uh, an absolutely lovely. Uh, I'm glad Marmin got a, got a try because, uh, you know, he was certainly, uh, certainly a crowd favourite um, uh, over there. Um, you know, but, you know, it has to be said, uh, Fine going forward, they were very good, but there was a stage in that match where they where they defended for what seemed like ages and ages and ages uh, within their twenty two. So you know it's it's built on very solid foundations. Um, I think they turned over, they gave away a pen, and then they then they turned it over. Um, you know, so that tells you that Connacht isn't all about just attacking, but that there is a very solid foundation there, very good defence. Um, Let's see where they go from from here coming come next season because obviously there's a lot of change, a lot of uh, change in personnel, changing coaching ticket uh, and and what have you. Um, and I really do hope that what Andy the foundations that Andy Friend has laid there uh, that whoever comes in builds on them rather than tries and tear it up and and, and start a new uh, you know or start afresh without without bearing in mind the very good work that Andy Friend has uh, has put in over the last few years. Absolutely. We were talking to uh, Para Kelly, who's the, the second row um, uh, Connacht uh, site uh, at the start of the season. And before the season kicked off, he said, for Connacht, we've got to be looking at the top six. And he was saying, we have to be looking at the top six. And, you know, he was he was confident in saying that. And there was no reason not to say that. Of course, they had a stinker of a start to the season. They started a lot of matches away. They were losing a lot of games early in the season. But look where they are now. They're exactly yeah. in the top six with just one round to go. And um, they've made, in fact, all four Irish provinces are, are in the top four of one round to go. How's that for demographics? So, um, <laughs> one. So, yeah, exactly. So there we go. Um, no, so it's it's good it's good to see and um, and they 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 really turn things around well the second half of the season as did Munster and of course also had a scary patch as well there so mm. they're 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 all coming good at the right time. Okay, we're going to leave it there for the front five. As always, you'll find all those links in the program notes.
Well, now it's time for us to look at our feature match of the week, which was, of course, Emirates Lions v. Leinster in round 17 of the 22-23 BKT United Rugby Championship. As always, our match wrap pods are brought to you by the Irish Rugby Shop at elvries.ie. The conditions at Emirates Airlines Park in Joburg seemed nigh on perfect for a Saturday evening as Sam Prendergast began his senior Leinster career by getting the game underway. And when the Lions scrum half Rohamba's exit kick only found touch outside his own 22, it gave us an early opportunity, Rich. It certainly did. Um, we put them on the pressure early doors um and is there not anything nicer than seeing a a prop forward rampaging across the high veld <laughs> like a builder beast it was he was it was just awesome wasn't it you you could almost see that smile on vax um vax face it, you know the the build up was was very good you know following following a line out it, it was uh nick mccarthy over to uh sam prendergast and 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 vac comes in comes in from deep with a, with a lovely outside in line that just stumps the uh, the lion's defense and you know there's no stopping him from there he's charging in i mean normally props speak about charging in from about 30 odd meters and you know it's 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 only been a couple of a couple of inches but but on this occasion it really is true um uh, he's thundering along and uh it was just a brilliant score brilliant score his first start he gets he, you know, and, and, and a bit of a bittersweet moment, obviously, because he then, then he goes off uh, a, a little later on um, with, with an injury. But, you know, but by the end of it, he, he ends up with three um, Lions players tugging onto his shirt tails. But no, there's no stopping him from, from that. OK, so uh, Sam uh, popped over the conversion to make it 7-0 to Leinster after just two minutes. And uh, things seemed to be going from, to, from bad to worse for the home side when both the restart and a goal line dropout went straight into touch. But Leinster couldn't find the accuracy to take advantage. So when the Lions finally managed to put some phases at midfield, they won a penalty, which meant it was their turn to have an attacking line-out, Joe. Yeah, very much so. It was, um, uh, I, I think, I thought, for me, the best player on the Lions side just name was Jack O'Creel, um, the, the, the blind side flanker, uh, the open side flanker, sorry. And uh, I think he played very, very well. And uh, he, he won uh, a turnover, which then uh, subsequently went to the corner, did a line-out, um, and the ball is then delivered eventually back to Edwell van der Merwe. Van der Merwe, look, you know, he, of course he's going to be a winger, isn't he, with a name like that? You know, he needs to move to Scotland, I think, uh, just, to, mm. just to confuse things up a little bit. <laughs> but van der Merwe gets the ball and he's, he's on a run and he jinks in and out and, and there's nobody going to stop him. It, it wasn't, you couldn't even say it was soft defence because nobody got tackled. Nobody got near him because he came and it's a bit like Vac, but only... Uh, only more slight and sublime, but it was a great line he took. And it's a bit like the other Van der Merwe. When players like that at speed come in, how they can move their body. I can't move my body walking up and down the stairs. If I go one way by six inches, I'll fall over. You know, I've got no sense of repellence. But these lads at speed are just absolutely incredible. And it was a very, very, very well taken try. But here's the thing. <clears throat> They've been under the cost for the first 12 minutes or so. And then what they showed, the inconsistency, but the great rugby play that the, I think belie why the Lions have won eight and lost nine and where they are in the league, it's because there isn't that consistency there. They went, after being under the cosh in every way, some defensive errors and stuff, poor handling, and then it clicked. And it went, the speed for me, the trajectory went up. And when it got together... It was a try. And this happened a number of times through the game, didn't it? So it was very, very good to see. And it was great, fast, um, speedy South African, Southern Hemisphere style rugby that wasn't there throughout the whole game. And that's what eventually caught them. But uh, great try from Van der Meer. That was lovely to see. We all want, we all love watching tries like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you look at like last week was another example. Like Leinster got a try in the very first first game, first phase, but sure Leicester hadn't had the ball yet. So you were to see what they were doing. When they did, they were able to score. Same with Ulster the week before that. And it was same here. Like all these teams are going to come in specifically against Leinster with a plan. And um, even if we do um, get an early breakthrough, they still got that plan and, and they will have studied it and, they, and it will work. And what they did is they brought it to the line every time they came at us. They made us do something. They knew we had some inexperience. And in those 
And in the first half, especially, they were they they, they were getting rewards, definitely. And um, but Rohamba wasn't able to convert, which meant it was now seven five to Leinster after fourteen minutes. And when the Lions mauled from the twenty two all the way to halfway from the restart, it looked like they were ready to score again, only for a Tommy O'Brien turnover and then a Brian Deeney stolen lineout to help us back down the other end, where it looked like we were ready to break through again until the pass went a little bit wrong. Rich, yeah, just a bit. Um, I think the poor lad. Baron needs somebody to put a, an armor uh, over his shoulder because because he, he he you know he really had a bit of a mare in the in, in that thirty odd minutes he was on because you know then the the old shepherd's crook came came on and they pulled him out uh, so there had been a, a few handling errors up until that time I, I think they pretty much affected his confidence and we, we'll you know we'll in the roundup we'll speak about how important all the experience is um, so. We get a line out uh, between the, their 22 and their 10. Um, he takes it, hits his dart. Uh, no problem. I think Deeney uh, gets the ball down to the receiver, who is Will Connors. Will Connors back back to Baron on, on, on the loop. But then s- s- there's, a, there's a disconnect as between him and Ben Brownlee, uh, and, and his pass just goes loose. And then then it's just, you know, Lombard thundering through like like an exocet missile. He, he fly-hacks it forward. He He's... Speeds up. Dave Carney does his does his level best to try and uh, and grab the ball, but uh, to no avail. Uh, you know, he, he kicks forward. Um, he gets the bounce, but you make your own luck, and and he's over over the line. So a very a, a great individual uh, try. It was it came from one of our mistakes. Fine, but but you still have to score them. Uh, and he was on the ball literally as well as metaphorically. And uh, you know, fair play to him. Fair play to him. It, it, it was just an individual try, uh, opportunistic. Yes, absolutely. But that's what you want. <laughs> that's what you want your players to do, to score when they get the chance. And he did. And uh, this time, Rahamba was good with the extras, making it now 12-7 to our hosts after 26 minutes. So by this stage, it was clear to Leinster that any mistakes would be punished. But a good chase by Tommy O'Brien off the restart helped us quickly win a scrum in their 22. And although Max Deegan was held up after crashing over the line, we were to get another go at them from the goal line dropout, Joe. Yeah, we were. Because it, uh, it was really great. The way the ball was backwards and forwards, and we kept probing and back. And probing it back. Deegan's run was absolutely superb. If people haven't seen that, that's just pure strength. Held up, uh, goal line dropout, ball comes back in again. Reese Ruddick runs good 20, 25 metres, goes down, the ball comes over. The next phase of play, the ball goes down to the breakdown. First person in support was Liam Turner. He goes right over that, and then you just see him. If you watch it back again the second time, you just watch him. He comes around to the left, and he goes back. Not even watching the game, he can see then he knows where the ball's going to go. It's going to eventually come out and go open onto the open side there. And he goes back into position um, around, goes through two passes, ball comes to him, he's bang through the centre. The positioning, the support he did, the fact that throughout, and on a number of occasions, but this try was really, really good because sometimes we think, well, where's he come from? Okay, he's, he, he's over there, he should be over there. But actually, if you've missed the build-up and you've seen he's the first person in supporting, he didn't need to. Like some players were just piling on top. He 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 just he was like, no need to do that. Went over, came around, positioned himself back in. The line was secure again, and he was ready then for the next phase. And that that's that's not even subtle. That's just instinctive. And for young lads to be able to do that again shows the. Um, the the system, the approach, the laid measures that they know where to be at that given time. Oh, it's just sublime. It was great. But but I love that bit as well because he's there in support. He ends up taking the ball and runs a great line through. um, And he picks a space perfectly and he wasn't going to be stopped. So another great drive by him as well. Again, he's got a great um, body action when he's running as well. You can tell that he's built up a head of steam and that he's charging through. And uh, that's why they're setting up those plays for him. You know, he's a, he's a great runner when he gets the ball and he's had an amazing season. Okay. So uh, Sam's conversion meant we were back ahead by two points after 31 minutes. Although Lions came right back at us playing through a high tackle advantage to provide yet another YouTube moment, Rich. It certainly was Jeff. Um, You know, uh, Joe's just described, a very good try for us. Well, I'm about to describe a, a, a filthy one <laughs> for, for the Lions. Um, you know, they, we talk about manipulating defences. This is exactly what they did with us uh, on this occasion. They create a mismatch on the left and you've got Van der Merwe uh, running 
like uh, like an express train. And of course, what he's got in front of him is a little bit of a disconnect between <laughs> Milne and uh, and Baron. So you know, you're not going to. I mean, these guys can yes can shift, but they're not going to shift at the speed that Van der Merwe can. Uh, he dummies Tommy O'Brien almost. Buy, well, buys the dummy on, on, on over on the right wing for us. Uh, he thinks he's coming over his way. Clearly not. But the Merva just carries on, passes the ball to uh, Mohamba, and then Mohamba does this filthy thing, which is which should which should be X-rated because honestly, it's just vile. He just flicks his no 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 place for the no, no 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 absolutely not. It was awful. And what a pass to Low and Low just gets a running, doesn't he? But. Um, but, but I mean, to be fair to Lowe, he runs a very, very good support line uh, for both uh, when Mandamerv is there and then when Mohamba has the ball. But um, what a sprightly little number nine this this kid is. Um, he, he, I, I really liked him. I really did uh, what he did. Um, and I think he was pivotal in some of that um, sexy rugby that Joe was describing earlier on. He really was very much uh, a very a very big part of it so so you know just digressing slightly um the lions do have good go forward and when they click they click very well um it's just this inconsistency that they'll they'll have to build upon over over the years but uh but yeah that that was uh that was a sublime try absolutely and as uh, we had tom coleman uh, on the preview and he was he was pointing out that you know we we might when, when the urc these clubs came into the urc we might be considering the lions as maybe the fourth um south african team but just remember that these guys were got to three super rugby finals in a row not too long ago they had a they had a culture they had players like fafta kark there and they had a real good culture there going on and that's not just going to go away on its own and uh, that's still there within the club and they definitely showed it at times uh, on saturday and uh, rohamba's conversion was good meaning it was now 1914 to the lions after 33 minutes at this stage, Lee Barron was replaced at hooker by Ty McElroy for Leinster. When uh, Nick McCarthy's exit kick made it to touch, it didn't have the best distance, so it inspired the home side to have another go at us. And on their next possession, they worked us on our right wing until Tommy O'Brien just bent into a tackle on their big number 12 and skipper Marius Lowe, allowing them to get a, a flat pass away to the even bigger number eight, Frankie Horn, who charged up the line past diving tackers to, for what seemed to be a killer blow, which left the halftime score as uh, Emirates Lions 26 Leinster, 14. Well, given we were already at an altitude of 1,753 metres, which was meant to be playing havoc on our lungs in the second half, the 12-point deficit looked even bigger as the match resumed. Yet as the Lions tried to find more holes in our defence in the opening exchanges, it looked like we'd sorted the problem. And when we won a penalty at halfway, we were... Set to have a go at their 22, Joe. Yeah, we were. There was uh, just the slight build-up to this, which showed me how things were, how things changed in six, 60 seconds. A huge 70-meter kick from uh, from uh, San Prendergast um, then resulted in uh, the kickback, which he then misjudges. For, for, for He just slightly misjudges as the bounce, and, and it's almost like, but he doesn't, you know, Fortunately, we got a penalty because their play that hadn't retreated. We just come offside, hadn't retreated back enough. Mm. So it then goes back up. And um, what happens is from the subsequent line out throw, which was poor, it was overthrown, but it was there. Sam Pendergast. He gets the bounce of the ball and he runs and he just runs a straight line through and he's within five meters. The ball comes back to Michael Mill, who has a go, stopped. You don't even see him getting up. The next thing you see, the next phase of play is Mills there, gets the ball bump over. So that's 60 seconds. It's a great try by Milne, but it shows two things. One is it didn't phase Prendergast at all. It didn't phase the Leinster team. They just went back again. And within that 60 seconds, they're back up. Prendergast picks it up. He's within the five metres. Milne has a go. Back up again. And, and it, I suppose it's a bit like that Liam Turner scenario again. These lads, geez, I'd be knackered. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be trying to take a break at that stage. But these lads, it's up. The willingness, the strength, the determination – how those lads are 1700 uh, feet, feet, feet unbelievable you know you could you they kept going and kept going but to get up after that first time in and then the next person there again is Milne again and he's over and he gets up and you can see the joy and it's worth it and I'd love to see them off camera because he must be sucking it in for, for that but that was a great try and a great positive team thing that mistake rebuild instantly bump in done and i think that's just fab 
So it wasn't just the tie, it was just the whole thing that led up to it. So digressing slightly, but it was it was so exciting to see. Again, another example of uh, of, of of the guys picking up, going, consistency, persistency. Oh, it was sweet, mate. It was really sweet. Absolutely. And uh, Sam's conversion made it now 26-21 to the home side with 46 minutes on the clock, although it wasn't long before Nohamba was kicking a penalty to push the lead back out to eight points. And when a Prendergast exit kick went off the side of his boot, the Lions went on to really test both our defence and our discipline for the next few minutes, Rich. Yeah, that, that was probably um, their purple patch. Uh, in the match because before then they had little pinpricks and, and, and pushed but this was a consistent piece of sustained pressure um, and you know our defence mostly solid but um, but of course they you know discipline told they, they pushed the, the right buttons they they uh, they manipulated us and, and we gave away uh, well we gave away a penalty try uh, at, at the end of this um, and 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 a couple of yellow cards. It it was down to their pressure. We pretty much couldn't cope with it uh, as we would have liked. Um, and, and it just goes to show what uh, you know. And it's it's all about learning this. Uh, and it, it goes to show that as a result of one poor kick, this can happen to you. That you know, Prendergast will know this, and we will have learned this, even even if subliminally. And he, you know. Even in the game, he he already did, and you could see from his reaction if you can lip read when he said, "Oh, fiddlesticks," um, when <laughs> when he or hit words it, to that effect, or, or words to that effect, and you know, and he knew then, oh shit, you know, they're coming at us, and and they did, and fair, fair play to the lions, they they, and and that was, if you like, standard South African rugby, a lot of grunt, a lot of carries, a lot of pummeling. And eventually it paid off for them. We had the uh, the slap down and the penalty try and no arguments with either yellow card, to be honest. Um, and fair play to them. They got what they wanted. The important thing is how we dealt with the double yellow card situation. And I've heard some of the Lions, the, 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 this particular Lions commentator I, I found today, and he was absolutely livid, absolutely livid that they couldn't breach our defense when we were down to 13 and quite the quite the opposite we went down the other end and scored points you know they were absolutely livid with that um and i know the guys uh train how to play with uh with 14 and how to play with 13 obviously because but these are young guys they're playing at altitude this is almost the final quarter when we anticipated that the altitude would would be kicking in um but yet you know they 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 showed grunt they showed dog uh they stuck in there um i will come onto it eventually uh, you know and, and and they got the dividends um at that stage i thought you know if we get a bonus point try we get to within a, bo a bonus point we, we may get a couple of points match points out of this and that'll be a good result because when when you um, compare that to the um, experience and the learning that the kids get out of this, you think, well, that, that's a that's a good day at the office, even though you may have lost. But and and I say that because I anticipated quite wrongly, and I'm so glad that the altitude was going to kick in, the fatigue was going to kick in in that final quarter. It didn't. If anything, we upped the tempo in that final quarter, and. The Lions and certainly the, the South African commentators were always saying, why don't the Lions up the tempo? Because that's what you're supposed to do. You tie them out, you tie them out, you tie them out. The altitude kicks in and then, you know, they're, they're falling over the over each other and, and, and you can score. They didn't do that at all. Why? Because we didn't let them, simply. Mm. Um, so there was very good game management, very um, some very wise heads and very young shoulders. Uh, and the sprinkling of experienced players there clearly had an awful lot to say about things. So, um, yeah, really impressed how we, how we dealt, not so much with, with the initial uh, setback, but how we dealt with that yellow card period. Yes, absolutely. 
yeah, interest. Yeah, because I mean, I think maybe the Lions thought that they because they got those they, they were able to get all those scores in the first half that they might they, they they might get more again early in the second half and put and kill the game off, which they would have expected. But I think they weren't counting on the uh, Leinster's ability to 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 get the blackboard out and and uh, fix what went wrong mm-hmm. in the first half. And uh, Stu Lancaster and Co are really great at doing that, and uh, it created this kind of irresistible force via movable object situation which unfortunately at the time led to the yellow cards and the penalty try but they were really struggling to actually get over the get over that line at the time even with that and like you say it was all about how we handled it and of course like we said that penalty try meant of course uh, an automatic seven points which left the score now at 36 to 21 a three score margin which when coupled with us being two men down for the next six minutes really had us up against it and somehow Leinster needed to find the same shorthanded spirit shown by the Champions Cup side at the Aviva on Good Friday and once we won a penalty at halfway Sam Prendergast was cool, calm and collected setting up and slotting the place kick and maybe here Joe we can talk for a bit about his overall performance. He really impressed of course in the under 26 nations although this was a very situation for him which he also handled well. Yeah, very much so. I was very, very lucky uh, and glad that you asked me to take a look at him because I'd seen, uh, obviously, some of him in the, on the 20s, but I'd never seen anything else about him before. So um, all the hype that everybody was putting up against, it was great to be able to look at him with a fresh pair of eyes, not understanding. And there's a range of things. He's 20 years of age. You know, he's been in the academy since last year. He obviously was playing for Lansdowne. He's obviously been, you know, and killed out before that, been groomed through. <clears throat> I liken them to Sexton. In, in many ways, but without that edginess, he hasn't got that yet. But his calmness, his positioning. And I go back to that very first two minutes. If you haven't, go back to the very first two minutes of the game. And uh, we're, we're, everybody will miss it because of Vax's uh, great try. But in the first, he has three touches, really. And in the, each of those three touches, Sam Prendergast comes in and he, he creates space. It's almost like this force field around them. I don't know how he's done it. And I had to go back to you before we, we, we came on air. I had to go off. Um, I had to go back three times and watch it back to see exactly what he'd done. But he just creates it. He has a natural vision. His game management, his positioning is absolutely sublime for a 20-year-old out half. Of course, he was he was a former uh, scrum half as well. So I think he has he has that vision and capabilities of knowing what to do. Now, some people might say, okay, well, he wouldn't get that time and measurement against uh, some better teams, you know, especially ones whose line speed is very very fast. In time, he'll get targeted the same as Sexton without a shadow of doubt. When people realise that, you give Sam Prendergast any inch, and you're not up on him fast, and you're not targeting him rightly or wrongly, then that's just going to be. But that first three minutes was absolutely sublime. When he made mistakes, as we said before, he's a young lad. You know, there was that one where other words are available, as the F word, and uh, but he, he just he leant back slightly and it went off the side of his boot and he was so angry with himself straight away. But then that was the only bit of emotion I saw him in the whole game. Um, he's, he's just a sublime young player. My worries, <clears throat> how, does, how do they manage him? Um, at the club, where technically he should be behind the two Burns, maybe Frawley, Johnny Sexton, so maybe he's number five in the row. Does he go somewhere else? Do, do they move other people on? How fast do you bring him through? It's great having all the hype, and we've seen it before. Joey Carberry, for example, got a small injury. All of these things, but he's got a long way to go. But the assuredness, the vision, the game management, his persistency, you know... Uh, Again, very Sexton-esque where we picked up that, that Michael Milne try. You know, he picks up the ball and he's done He's within five metres. He, he, he's just there at the right place at the right time. Now, that takes a particular skill set for, um, for any player to be able to do. But at 20 years of age, at altitude, and he was blowing hard sometimes in the second half, and yet he found then something else. And it was just, I was really, really impressed. Um couple of small mistakes, but do you know what? I've seen senior players, but worse mistakes than that, you know, more experienced. But uh, listen, you could could go on forever about him. I think he's definitely one to watch. Um, I have got a feeling that he will overtake certain players at uh, at Leinster um, and and be managed as as a player uh, better. He is probably the best thing I have seen at a young age 
in that in an out half position because I, I guess like he's one of those people for me in the future who has potential to move to full back, a bit like Bowden Barrett, world class ten. He's already got the 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 the, the learnings he bulked out a little bit from being a scrum half, but you imagine him. When he slows slightly, he could move back like Bowden Barrett does into full back and the vision of the whole game. I think he has those capabilities for me uh, where you can sort of manage him more and more and more without making him a utility player per se, but uh, very impressive, Jeff, for his first start. Yep. Well, yeah. he's a player of the match award for me. No shot. Hi, it's Jeff here. Just cutting in to let you know that we went on to chat a bit more about Sam Prendergast and the other upcoming Unster prospects. If you want to hear it, be sure to check out our YouTube channel. And while you're there, why not subscribe as well? We're always putting up extra clips from our pods. And also you can see the full version of our preview show there every Friday. Right. Back to our URC wrap. And despite having fewer players to work with, Prendergast was able to get the most out of the extra juice provided by the altitude to sit deep and put in some really good long kicks into Lions territory, including one which came close to a 50-22 until a penalty did earn us an attacking line-out at their end, Rich. Yeah, we got uh, an attacking line-out about 10 metres out. Bit of a messy one, it has to be said. A quick mention here of Ben Murphy. I thought his cameo was excellent. I really liked what he did when he came on. Uh, I thought Nick McCarthy was a bit slow, a bit uh, bit ponderous, uh, to be honest. Um, and and I, I do wish I appreciate why Nick McCarthy was there. Obviously, his experience, but I would have liked to have seen a bit more of Ben Murphy. I hope we do see some more of Ben Murphy in this um, in in this uh, tour. Uh, but anyway, coming coming back, I, I thought you know I, I thought he deserved a shout out. Um, coming back to this, it was a bit of a messy line out. Uh, thankfully, Soroka there tidying things up. A uh, couple of carries up through the middle by uh, Jason Jenkins and Will Connors. Uh, so we draw a pen from uh, for an offside. Uh, then it's Ben Murphy over to uh, player of the match, Sam Prendergast, who uh, who dinks it over the top towards his right. Uh, perfect bounce for Rob Russell, who who dots down, uh, not quite in the corner, about five five meters in from 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 the corner. So very well worked try. Obviously he had the um, you know he had the, the the comfort of of being of playing on on penalty advantage. But sometimes you see these stupid hail mary kicks uh, into the nothingness when when people are playing with with uh, with a penalty advantage, which I absolutely hate. You know, just carry on playing. You're not going to lose the advantage, for goodness sakes. Uh, try and make something out of it. Um, he did. He, he wasn't a kick to nothing because it was two two of our players running at that ball, uh, not just the one, uh, and two of theirs, and we just got got the lucky bounce. But as I said earlier with, with Lombard, you make your own luck. Uh, and, and he did, dotted down, and um, Robert is your uncle. Yep, absolutely. I mean, yeah, like you say, it was a lucky bounce, but it kind of made up for the one in the first half, and uh, that's 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 the way the game that's the way the game goes. And yep. uh, Sam pushed this conversion wide, which meant it was now thirty six twenty nine to the home side. And I have to be honest and admit that I sent a message to the WhatsApp group at this stage, which read, "I would absolutely, positively take this scoreline." as it would have given us two bonus points. But thankfully, the lads on the pitch had bigger ambitions, and after withstanding a series of phases deep in our 22, although as a little sidebar, I was surprised the Lions didn't set up a drop goal in this time. Anyway, we still worked our way back down the other end to earn another attacking line out in their 23, Joe. Yeah, we did 74 minutes. Uh, Leinster are back to uh, full 15 again. Uh, both the yellow cards have been finished off. And here's an interesting thing, isn't it? You'd think for the likes of young Cosgrove, you know, that that's going to affect him. He's a young player. He's got a yellow card. Oh, the team, you know, by me, he must, you know, how, how do you switch on from that? Again, it says to me that the Leinster system is deal with it. Pat the back, good, right, right, wrong or indifference. You're off. He's back on. He's refocused again. 74 minutes. So uh, we're back to the 15. A few phases on from out, and uh, Cosgrave gets it. And that's it. He's focused. He's through five players. Think through. And despite the high tackle at the end, you know, when he's going backwards and he still manages to get that ball uh, down, you know, so it was it was fantastic. And again, the resilience of the young lad to come back on after a yellow card, uh, which was unfortunate. Yeah, my own views on those, you know, when they go for those yellow cards, but you can't argue with it. That's, that's the law. Um, but for him to come back on and again, that speed, running a really, really good line, focused, his head's back in the game. 
And and uh, despite having somebody hanging around his neck, you know, he's going backwards, he's still holding on to it. He's not the biggest lad in the world. And you know, and he gets the ball down. And it was just, it was fantastic. And it was a, another equally good try like all the others. So I was well sure for him, to be honest, getting back on and doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I don't like harping on referees uh, too much because you're going to, you're, you're not going to agree with all their calls here, but what just confused me about this one was it did look like a high tackle um, just as, just as he was dotting down. And sometimes the referee will look at it and say, no, maybe not. It wasn't. And that's his decision. But this ref uh, Adamson, he actually said, lads, there was a high tackle as well after it was looked at. So you think obviously the next thing to do is either award the penalty try uh, then and there, but he did get it down. So because he did place it down, then it's got to be a penalty restart to us. And it just, and having said that it was, he didn't go for that. I thought that was strange, but he didn't anyway. And uh, the conversion anyway, made it uh, all square at 36 once again. And even this time I would have been more than happy with that as a final score. But one, once again, we kept plugging away. And although an absolute wonder kick of a 50, 22 was credited by the South African crew to Prendergast on this occasion it was actually Chris Cosgrave who put us uh, five, meters from the try line and um of course it was important to nail the dart and referee mike adamson blowing his whistle just as mcelroy threw to soroka certainly didn't help but we had another go and went to soroka again only in the air this time to set up a mall before a tense series of 11 phases around the try line including some fine work as rich said by sub sub scrum half ben murphy i might add until eventually the ref called a penalty advantage so that when the play was called back, the clock was close enough to 80 for Prendergast to slot the winning points from pretty much bang in front to leave the final score incredibly. Emirates Lions 36, Leinster 39. And now it's just time for a few final thoughts, uh, starting with yourself, Rich. Yeah, and you know, I've, I've alluded to it uh, earlier. Whatever, the, and I've said it even before these matches, but whatever the results, whatever the performance, the experience that these lads are getting out there is absolutely invaluable. Uh, not only from a personal perspective, but also from their uh, in in their careers, uh, but also for the team. It's it's how you deal with those pressure situations how you go on to the next job, how you don't compound a mistake by, by making another uh, because you get upset. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all these little things. It's, and, 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 and if you manage to, and I appreciate it wasn't quite a cauldron on, in Ellis Park because it, was, it, it, it appeared empty on the telly, but it's still Ellis Park. I mean, can you imagine a 20-year-old, he's playing rugby at Ellis Park? where Mandela and Francois Pina stood and you're thinking, oh, mm. you, you, you could forgive them for being overawed by, by the whole issue. You could forgive Sam Prendergast for being overawed on his first cap for Leinster, his first start on his first cap. You know, it's, it's all these things. It's, it's all the building of the experience. It's, it's all the... Uh, the, the learnings that they will get from this. It's all the dealing with the scrum and our scrum was, we haven't spoken about it at all, but our scrum was absolutely solid. And the Lions scrum has been pretty damned awesome throughout the season. Um, so it, it, it's all these things. And when you add that to the fact that these are all young kids, okay, with a sprinkling of very experienced players there along the spine, particularly. But the fact of the matter is that this, these are still very young kids. Uh, it speaks to two things. One of them is the system that they, they have been created in. We've, we've spoken about it already. And the other thing is their strength of character and their desire to learn. You know, Joe spoke about uh, Chris Cosgrave. How do you deal with being binned and coming back? And not only do you score that wonder try, but then you you hit that 50-22. Yeah. Uh, these, these things don't just happen. Uh, and, and all these things will see them, you know, to the, to the good in, in, in future games because they will have learned that they can deal with some of these South African behemoths that they had to deal with because some of those boys were very big. Uh, you know, uh, uh, were they overawed? No. It, it didn't come across. Maybe inside the butterflies were flapping away like crazy, <laughs> but you know, but
but outwardly and professionally, which is what they are at the end of the day, they get paid to do this. It was awesome. Absolutely awesome. I, I just love these mini tours that, that, that we get because the kids, thankfully, get, get to go on them. And I'm, you know, I'm raring to watch the next one already. Yeah, absolutely. And you made a good point about the scrums there, because when you compare it to the tour last year, that's where we were really put on the back foot. So obviously they came, they came here with a plan to at least get parity. And that that was, that that was an important platform for us. Uh, What are your thoughts, Joe? Hi there. I'm not, I'm not going to cover all the points because you haven't got the time for them, but it's three (laughs) things for me, right? (coughs) One is we are down to 13 men. We're 15 points behind and we lose our skipper, Reese Ruddock. He'd just gone off. So how do you then, to, to, to be in that position and we then get three points, to lift again, that takes a certain something because there's nobody really on the pitch of Reese's ilk to be able to do that. And yet it just happened. And we got through that as we all discussed before. And that was point one for me. Point two, <clears throat> that uh, right to the very end, the line out, Alex Soroka, he was the one that got them all together. I'd never seen him before in, in almost like a pack leader type role. And he was there. He was he was telling them, gene them up, telling them what the call was going to be, how they're going to do it. He was up in the air, got it down, rallying them around. And that was brilliant to see from, from him. And I, I see a lot of leadership in him. We've, we've talked about him before on, on all the things he does. I think that just sums up the type of character. But there's a leader there that I haven't seen before, and I hope that he gets more time to play and more of a leadership opportunity. And third, finally, not once, and I did write this down, not once, not once, not once, not once, in the whole thing while I was watching it, did I think about Furlong, Porter, Ryan, Bird, Josh van der Fleer, Doris, Conan, Sexton, JGP, Lowe, Keenan, Ringrose, Henshaw, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Not once, not freaking once. And that for me <clears throat> was brilliant because I was like, blimey. When I did, when I came into my head, I was thinking, this, this was about 78 minutes. And I was thinking, this is phenomenal, phenomenal. This team, that 23, with a few more bolted on, would be in the top four, or probably possibly the top four, definitely the top six if there was just them. Because I'd seen that on the comeback against the Stormers um, at, at, uh, at, um, uh, at, at the RDS when we came back. That resilience, that fire, that bite. It's, it's, it's great watching the youngsters just going and having that belief. It's not coached out of them at Leinster like it is in a lot of places. So these guys who are all back with, with uh, Stuart getting rehab, getting ready for the semi-final, I hadn't thought about it once. And you know what? That fired me up right at the very end when I realised that I hadn't thought about it once because this group of guys there under the tutelage of Reese, with a couple more senior players stood up when it was counted. I'm fair play to them. Absolutely. And just, just, just to add one more, one more name into the pile. I just want to mention a uh, shout out for Will Connors. Um, he, it's understandable that we may have gone this whole pod without mentioning it because he just, he just goes ahead and does his job and he chops down the trees again and again and again. And especially in that early phase in the second half, when we were, when we needed our defense to plug the holes and start to frustrate the home side, you just, you could watch, you could just sit and look and just watch him um, uh, go about, just hunt out, hunt out his guys and, and get these guys down. And it was, it, it's amazing to watch. And it was just great overall performance in the lives, as you say, and we didn't even notice these, the, the, these big names that were there. So that's true. So now it's time to hear a few of the full-time takes from social media after the match and uh, starting with our Facebook page. And we had uh, Greg Kelly saying uh, they looked like they expected the young guns to have a crack, but to fall away. However, they didn't. Lions lived off Leinster errors and a lack of cohesion. Up the ladders and age grades, Leinster lose very few games and sometimes that shows. Player that are, players that are not used to losing generally don't fall away. Very true. And Christy O'Connor said, a lot of pressure on Prendergast. I originally thought it was a mistake to start him, but after a bit of a shaky first half, he got more into the game and made the difference in the end. And finally, Andrew Potts said, any win in South Africa is to be respected. Fantastic result for young players. And praise also for Ruddick and Deegan for keeping the lads focused when it could have gone south. That's very true. Um, over to Twitter. There was lots of good tweets there, but here's just a couple. Uh, Mark Jackson, a regular contributor, said, simply epic. One of my favorite games by Leinster ever. The kids were immense. Take a bow, lads. That was simply sensational. 
And then I like this one from Mary Carroll. She said, Rob beat the black and tans. Dave beat the boars. Simply put. And uh, if you haven't yet joined the social media conversation for Leinster matches, why not give it a go? I tend to be on Mastodon during the match these days, although we still do the post for full-time thoughts over on the Facebook page. And now it's time to just wrap up the results from round 17 of the United Rugby Championship. And they were uh, Sharks 43, Benetton 33, Glasgow 12, Scarlets 9, Ulster 40, Dragons 19, the Bulls 78, Zebra 12, Lions 36, of course, Leinster 39, Stormers 24, Munster 26, Edinburgh 45, Ospreys 21, and finally, of course, Connacht 38, Cardiff 19. And with one round left, that leaves the table looking like this. Leinster are through uh, as finished number one on 79. Ulster move up to second with 64. The Stormers are now in third with 63. Then you've got Glasgow 58, Munster 53, Connacht 49, Bulls 48, and then rounding at the top eight, Sharks 46. The only team that can still make that top eight is Benetton. They're 41, but they'll need a couple of results to go their way. And the rest of the table is Lions 40, Cardiff 39, Edinburgh 38, Ospreys 35, Scarlets 34, Dragons 19, and finally Zebra 10. So the matches in the final round next weekend, it starts on Friday night when the Stormers play Benetton and Ulster play Edinburgh. That'll decide second place on the ladder. And then on Saturday, we've got Lions v. Zebra, Dragons v. Scarlets, Bulls v. Leinster, Sharks v. Munster, Ospreys v. Cardiff, and finally Glasgow against Connors. Okay, that's brilliant, lads. We're going to leave it there for now. Many thanks to Rich and Joe for joining us, and we'll hope to talk to you both again soon. Thanks, lads. Thanks. Good to see you all again. Indeed. So that's it for this week. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast feed if you haven't already. Keep an eye on our website, harpenandrugby.com, for all our features during the week. We'll be turning our attention back to Leinster's second match on the South African tour against the Bulls, which will, of course, be getting the full Harpen treatment, including a preview Friday, a wrap pod on Sunday, and all the usual features in between. As always, feel free to send us your thoughts. Email us at paganoblog at gmail.com or get us on any or all of our social media platforms. You'll find the links in the program notes. Until next time, stay safe, everyone. Slot.